Yeah, just ask fucking Maria Schneider. She'll tell you about how evil the penis is. <laughs> right? Fucking... That's the theme of this episode. The penis is evil. Right? Speaking of which, this episode... Oh, what do you want to uh, start with? <laughs> Heart Out Cinephiliacs. Double feature. Zardoz and Last Tango in Paris. A fucking 70s face-off. God damn, they don't Man, make them like early... they used to. Man, the early 70s were rapey, dude. They were super <laughs> rapey. These two movies are to be taken as an example. Shit. You were probably conceived uh, by rape. We got to ask mom on that one. No, <laughs> no doubt. Butch uh, seemed kind of rapey. Statutory, at least. Yeah, shit. What's that? True. Yeah. <laughs> by today's standards, yeah. for sure, rape. That's actually technically true. God damn. Um, I mean, most of human history is different than I'm not rapey sure. as fuck. Yeah. I guess the other way to yeah. say it was. These days aren't as rapey. Right. And these films, I guess, really um, <clears throat> tap into humanity, too, if that's the case. You know, they're demonstrative of. Yeah. We're probably going to say some you know, shit in this episode that some people will fucking take exception to because it's all about just exploring these things honestly. You know what I mean? And from the perspective of the characters as well because there's two things there's the actors and there's the characters right that's what art and film and all that's all about is exploring characters that aren't yourself and don't think like you do and you might object to sometimes you know to provoke to explore things that are you know not normalcy necessarily you know that's one thing the 70s nailed and the late 60s just yes they don't make push them back like against like normalcies and normative behavior and shit mm-hmm. that everything has to be acceptable behavior and shit nowadays. <laughs> I mean, the last tango in Paris is probably the more meaty one when it comes to that. And in its time, it was, you know, oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> rejected by many. And, you know, uh, I got some facts like, on it that are nuts. Yeah, OK. Yeah, I know it was rated X and stuff and people were trying to ban it everywhere and stuff. But you want to just dig into that first? maybe there might be more to say about it but yeah maybe which we'll actually there, that might be an argument yeah. to do it yeah. first because you make sure you can all right well in. that was your pick right so i'll describe yes. it unless you want to say why you picked it first nah, go but, ahead and describe it first I'll explain all right why it's a famous mean, fucking movie if you haven't heard of it not that profound marlon brando plays an aging hotelier hotelier in paris an american who married this french woman who had money in a hotel but she has committed suicide before the film even starts. And he goes to rent a flat. And at the same time, this 20 year old French woman played by Maria Schneider is running the flat or there to see the flat to see about renting it. And they begin this just nutty. I mean, this affair, basically just a sexual affair in this flat where he sets these ground rules where they never know each other's names and they're not allowed to talk about the outside world. It's basically a refuge from the outside world where they just explore carnal craziness. And it kind of calm. It comes to a head at the end. I mean, we can get into all that, but yeah. that would be like the log line of it. Mm-hmm. And I picked it for the obvious reason, the controversy surrounding it. I had never seen it. It was a big hole in my history of movie watching and, uh, you know, it seems as relevant as ever, you know, with the, the, Me again, the controversy over, yeah, the, the Me Too movement, the, the butter scene specifically, I had heard much about, um, and more to see more Brando, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he was fucking awesome. He was awesome. He was a force of fucking nature, dude. And this was right off of Godfather which a lot of people must have been like, whoa, you know, like it was compared to Don Corleone, you know, like. Right. I wonder if this is the movie, because he had disappeared for a few years before Apocalypse Now, and then he showed up all fat and shit. Yeah. I was like, what? I wonder if it was coming off of this, because he was not fat at all in this shit. He did a fucking weird backflip when he got up one time. He was acrobatic as fuck. I know. Right. (laughs) Pretty impressive. (laughs) Fucking badass. God damn. 
the hype is real. Mm-hmm. And shout out to our friends at the Shameless Picture Show, but uh, this is one of those, like you said, a gap. We're like, it's uh, you're shameless. Like, how have I not seen this fucking movie? You know. Mm-hmm. So now we've both seen it. Yeah, those speak <laughs> on while we're on the subject of Brando's acting, the scenes that involved, uh, you know, mourning for his wife and stuff like that one where he was at the side of her body. That was fucking an all timer. All timer. I don't know how much of that was improvised, but apparently that's one of the facts about this film. He apparently has dyslexia and he's terrible at memorizing his lines and he improvised mm-hmm. a shitload of his dialogue in this movie and the dialogue he didn't improvise. Maria Schneider said they would tape his fucking lines to her naked body and shit so he could say them. <laughs> in the <couple laughs> But some of the shit he improvised is amazing. I mean, that stuff at the bedside it's great. He basically just berates his wife in this scene. He breaks down and just fucking mm-hmm. destroys her. Basically all his pain that he's felt for not only her suicide, but the lies she had told in life and shit, it just all comes pouring out and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it starts with him just berating her and then he breaks down. So it's yes. just this range. It's By a roller coaster. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. From venomous to just all the pain. And- mm-hmm. Fucking great, dude. The shit with the, that was the mother in law, right? That was his wife's yeah. mom that he was dealing with, and like when he bit her hand randomly. Yeah, I wonder so if he improvised it. that or if yeah, Bernard, who knows? a fucking freak, too. He could have, yeah, very easily. It sounds like they sat her. around and had like the butter scene infamously. They actually had sat around and discussed, or not necessarily discussed at length, but they it was them, the two of them at a table. Yes, when it was conceived, sort of thing, you know what I mean. So it sounds like they did a lot of that, like sort of coke. It was so weird. Bertolucci was like, we were sitting there eating bread or whatever this little French cafe, and the butter was there on the table, and instantly we yes, knew what exactly. we had to do. And shit. Like, right? What? Yeah, it wasn't necessarily said, which I I'm skeptical of all everyone's yes. version of it, you know, because oh, yes. they do conflict. We well, might as well touch facts, on that now. I mean, since it, yeah, Maria Schneider said but, she felt raped by the butter scene, which is basically a scene where. She comes in and he orders her to get this butter out of the fridge. She, you know, they let me say real quick the time lapse, how much time lapsed in it confused me for a while. Mm-hmm. It felt like it could have been weeks, months, this thing was going yeah. on. But then once you see the wife's dead body, you're like, oh shit. Yeah, it seems like it has to be like a day or two old or something. Yeah, you know what I mean, there were a couple points in the dialogue where I was like, oh, that was just yesterday. You right. Know, and I then near the like very end, two ago she something. says, Remember, I was here a couple of days ago to see about this apartment. So all this shit happens over like three days. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which kind of fucked my Whirlwind. mind up. Yeah, yeah, me too. I got the feeling that the way they behaved together, that it was more drawn out and stuff, you know, that the but maybe that's just interesting. And that in she and was finding that opportunities that to sneak off from her fiance to go over yeah, there and shit. But yeah. So maybe that was a bit messy on the part mm-hmm. of Bertolucci. But uh, yeah, which is fine. I mean, it's not a major problem, really, but. Nah, nah. <clears throat> but you were really. beginning, beginning to describe the butter scene that yeah so back to the apartment he you know she would come over and often it would just be these weird ways they would get into getting down and shit and uh and this one he orders like one time she butter. comes in uh just to set the stage on that yeah. one time she comes in and there's just this mattress laying on the floor and he's just leaning against like the man or whatever and he just kicks one shoe off and then kicks yes. the other one and catches it and shit. More of his acrobatics and shit. I was like, that was pretty Some impressive Brando too. Shit. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yes. But go ahead. He's so. fucking awesome. But uh, so this one time she comes in and he's like, "There's some butter in the fucking fridge. Get it?" Because he's always ordering her around. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does. She gets this butter, and then they start talking about there's this little hollow space in the floor and a little hidey hole cut into the floor, which was great metaphorically. Because he was talking about it's a hiding place. And it's like that whole flat is a hiding place. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. They're it's hiding like from the world, shit. from reality, from their yeah. feelings, from pain, from, you know. And uh, which I can appreciate the fuck out of. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the rapey that- shit aside, just to have this secret place and this secret tryst and shit, which mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Amber, I don't know if you ever listen to this. I'll tell you right now, I'll never run around just because I couldn't imagine sneaking around and dealing with the stress and all, all that but uh because i love you but uh i think every human being if we're honest could imagine yeah. having a secret thing that's there on and really what the appeal is is that it's free of all the mundane life bullshit 
well, we covered another movie similar in that regard, same time next year with James. Yes, exactly. You know, it's, it's like it's really what people thing. want is just to not deal with domestic bullshit. You yeah. Know? Right. That's what it Which, is. Which, you know, they they were, you know, they started off with these rules. We're not going to know each other's names and stuff. They just wanted to discard. Like, there's no world outside this place as much as they could create this, just this uh, ivory tower kind of thing. Well, you know, and it's his just, creation because she at yes. first is trying to find his name. And right. Which makes sense. I mean, right. You know, but, uh, <laughs> well, back to the butter. Yeah. So <laughs> he calls her in this time. And eventually he just throws her down, rolls her over, tears her pants down and grabs a handful of butter and like lubes her ass up with it and basically gets on top of her and ass rapes her. The rape thing, it's so questionable. It's like she, as an actress, Maria Schneider said she felt raped by the scene Mm -hmm. and those tears were real because they never told her that this was going to happen or anything, which is fucked up, completely fucked up. Mm-hmm. As a filmmaker, I couldn't imagine playing those kind of reindeer games on some actress. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, she was nineteen was just... when they filmed it. Actually, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, there was like a there was like a movement at the time where, like, um, The Shining with Shelley Duvall is another mm-hmm. example of like, um, people and and it's not just you know guys with women too. Like, it got you know males would do it with other male actors and try and create this beef between each other and stuff to to make the you know uh, acting legitimate. You know, but this was just something that people did a lot then. And I agree. I don't think it's really necessary. I mean, that's what acting's supposed to right. be, right? You're supposed to be able to like recreate exactly. that, you know, as an actor and not have to and into like the 80s, Adrian Lyons famously telling Mickey Rourke to treat Kim Basinger like shit, even off right. set. Yes. You know? Yeah. It was usually to a woman. I don't mean to diminish that, but uh, but I'm just saying it did happen across the board to some degree, you know. Right. Too. We even had an idea about it called Onion, kind of a found footage movie of this filmmaker. Mm-hmm who gets cancer and he's documenting it the whole time. And it's basically him and his lover. She's a wannabe actress. She's a wannabe filmmaker going through this whole process of him fucking losing weight, losing his hair, being sick as fuck, dying essentially in front of her and how it emotionally impacts her until he reveals at the end, he's been faking it the whole time just to conjure like the great performance from her, you know, um, this is essentially speaks to that yeah, form of filmmaking, which mm-hmm. two characters doing that thing that we're exactly. talking about that happened. Not that we would do that right. with our actors, exactly, but we're yeah, exploring exactly. that comment you know? on that, right? Yes, and yet in the scenes, and let's acknowledge people talk about Bernie Sanders and his fucking paper on rape fantasies and shit back in the day. This shit does exist. Some people have fucking weird kinks and shit. Yeah. Some woman you have can call it fantasies, of course. Stockholm syndrome, but I think that's oversimplifying it. That the women never want it or whatever. Some women are fucked in the head and they're self-destructive and they want that shit. Yeah. Call it toxic or not, but they're both getting off on it. She stuck but around. She kept coming back yeah. after that scene. She could have easily, yeah. you know. Um, not. She made she commented that first off, she says the scene wasn't in the script, I think was was Right. At least to, to not necessarily to quote, but close, you know, um, that the scene wasn't in the script and she didn't know at the time because she was so naive that she could go to her agent and say it wasn't in the script. I don't have to do it. But um, uh, the, you know, the director said it, the butter was the only novelty that the, the you know, rape was in the script, mm, that the sex scene itself was in the script, but the butter was the one novelty. That's what his claim. So there's even a di- like her phrasing. I don't know from her phrasing if she that's what she meant was that the entire scene was not in there of just this one interesting variation, you know, so the that is not being kind of hinging point still. Uh, actually yes. know exactly what the fuck is going to happen exactly. in the scene to her especially to her body sexually etc right i mean if you blow off a smoke grenade or whatever maybe you don't have to fucking warn her but some of this nature of course you know yes so but um what's fucked. interesting about that to me is if that's true that she was aware of the scene and the butter was the only novelty was the butter really the thing that made it he more, i mean the rape itself seems to be the thing that you know it should be well, the most fact that he right? Not butter the, in but, her asshole and yeah. shit or whatever it's probably i see how it's demeaning for sure yeah he didn't have but, to uh, touch her to simulate ass raping her 
but to put the right. butter in there. That's true. Like actually physically doing it. Yeah, that's fucking awful. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. one of the facts I read. But Brando. I mean, just, you know, as a concept, like abstractly, like it's it's interesting that it could just be the, just the addition of this one detail and yes. that like turned it yes. on its head, you know. Hey, man, full disclosure, don't fuck around with people, especially 19-year-old girls and shit with yeah. this towering fucking iconic actor. She's acting opposite and uh-huh. shit. Just think of the position she's in. It's so fucked. Yep. Bertolucci's nuts. That's how some of these fucking artists were and shit, you know, for mm. better or worse. I mean, for worse, obviously, but yeah, um, some great shit came out of it. But you could have easily made the scene having warned her she might have been in on it. She That's a, been yeah, like, exactly. I'm a That's all. Actress, I'll do it. You know, yeah, just springing it on her, you know, may have been the one problem that yeah, she might have been into. The, you but know, of course, board, he does like it. Said. He justifies he does it because if he's springing on her, he never get the performance. He never get the real yeah. tears, and that's what he was after. But uh, so, hey, man, maybe some actors, actors, I mean, directors are willing to say I'm a fucking monster to make great art. Mm, that's you true. Know? I don't know. Fucking yeah, maybe he's willing to live with that, you know, but, shit, but yeah, um, one um, of the facts was Brando himself said he felt raped by the movie and he yes. never spoke to Bertolucci again, mm-hmm. though. He says he's one of the top three directors he ever worked with. So it's all complicated. It as is. Fuck. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, it's sort of like the Polanski thing, you know, like what he did was obviously a cr- criminal. Well, you know shit, what I mean? He did, had like, nothing to do with movie making, too. That's I don't did? know Polanski. Polanski's rape of that girl or whatever. No, no, no. I know that. I know that. Yeah. But I'm just saying when it comes to separating the artist and the art and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, like, um, you know, I, I, I could see like, you know, certain like, say, Polanski probably should pay or definitely should pay a price for what he did what it is you know how many years all that stuff is you know mm-hmm. somewhat like that's all arguable but um but the the films themselves should just stand Absolutely. you know that it, it, the work of art like it, it, yes i could you can have the same idea at the same or you know the two ideas in your head at the same time that the person's a criminal and should be punished for but yet the work they did is still great you know right it's all complicated i mean say no. there's a painting of and Boleyn before she got beheaded but she was in the tower under order to be beheaded but an artist was sent in there to make a painting of her is he complicit in her beheading and she you know what i mean it's just mm-hmm. the point being it, it, does it diminish the painting that she was right going well, to be beheaded like hitler, the next day hitler hitler was an artist and supposedly considered not necessarily bad but mediocre i've seen it it's it's like better than i can do for sure but um right it's um you know let, let's just imagine though he was great let, let's let's say he did rembrandt level art you could still say the painting is fucking badass and amazing right. if it was made by a monster, you know? You, you and for all you know, Rembrandt fucked little things. boys and shit. Like, right. The, the That's other true thing too. is you just never know what Body people are up place. to secretly and shit. Right. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, the separating the art from the artist, we're both hardcore on record. Is, yes. That's a, a must do. But yes, again, we've but spoken that is about people too. who are like, I won't let my kid hear Michael Jackson because of right exactly. allegations and shit you know but to me yeah. that's absurd man just explain your kid sometimes the best Woody art Allen, is made Woody by Allen fucking movies. monsters mm-hmm. you know sometimes it takes a monster to make the great art especially in cases where it's not ironclad like woody allen exactly. or even michael jackson you know there's there hasn't been like a smoking gun in those cases right. they're still argued there are people who you know on both sides of course there's and those documentaries you see are of course biased and shit you yes know? Uh, but I'm just saying, like, to come down that with that absolute a position, you know, on it when you can't be sure, you know, exactly. That, that is definitely a factor, too. I had a few. <laughs> I don't know how we want to approach this as far as um, just talking about the movie itself. Scenes, great. Scenes. One more thing on the butter scene, because I, I had hit some notes here in this thing. Um, Schneider thought Bertolucci was in love with Brando. And that her character should have been a boy in the director's mind. Well, that's part of my fact. It initially was a homosexual thing, but the French actor who first cast didn't want to do all this shit. Hmm. And he had problems doing it. But it's complicated and weird because Bertolucci is on record as saying Brando was for him. And this is, see, personal filmmaking is a style of filmmaking. Like you think of the films of Maya Darren and, you know, earlier on it was a movement of personal filmmaking truly auteur artist shit where when they make a movie it's about them um you could argue that sam levinson malcolm and marie shit was personal filmmaking about his own issues with his wife and you know being a filmmaker etc so there's a tradition of that and bertolucci said that brando 
was the stand-in for Bertolucci's own manhood. And Maria Schneider was a stand-in for, I'd have to read exactly what it was, but uh, not womanhood itself, but this fantasy he had of seeing a woman on the street and just wanting to fuck her and just being complete strangers and never, which I think is a pretty common fantasy for honest everyone yeah. is fucking male or females probably have this mm-hmm. fantasy. Sure. Um, yeah, here you go. While filming, director Bernardo Bertolucci tried to explain the point of the film to Marlon Brando, which is hilarious because Brando's like, what the fuck are we doing exactly here? Right. What's the point of this shit? <laughs> Suggesting that his character was Bertolucci's manhood and that Maria Schneider's character was his dream girl. Brando later maintained that he had absolutely no idea what Bertolucci was suggesting or even talking about. But the point is, it started gay. It started as a homosexual thing. You couldn't get so made. It was, so is your uh, dream girl a dude? Interesting. Like, you know what I'm I saying? Mean, There's layers to that. that w- yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Right. Um, speaking of gay, Maria Schneider herself, I saw a thing and she said... Uh, not that this has any fucking relevance to anything because who cares, but it was in the trivia thing that she had slept with like 50 men and 70 women. Like that Schneider had? Yeah. You're saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, before the filming of the movie? I don't or? know about that. The quote didn't I was say, gonna say what that's, age that's she said impressive. that or something. But, um, it could <laughs> I wouldn't be, judge man, at all. I wouldn't fresh. judge. Exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. It has no bearing. Who gives a fuck? Exactly. It's all but it's an interesting. Who cares, it's an interesting. Dude? tidbit <laughs> but that is something about the Back french culture too where the mistress yeah is commonplace mm-hmm. it's almost a feature of the culture you know mm-hmm. and i wonder if that's healthy healthier mm-hmm. probably is as much i as mean if everyone's grown up it, about it and you accept yeah. it as a feature and, you, and, and the I, relationship doesn't get destroyed by it and everything if each person could have one affair like you know people would give their significant other uh, you know, their hall pass, the hall pass celebrity yeah. or whatever. But if you had a version of that, that was everyone can have just one other, you know, person that's just, you know, <laughs> people would be so threatened by that. No one would go for that. Well, I won't say no one. There's all kinds out there, but it would be super rare. You know, the, the normal person is way too jealous and insecure <laughs> for that. Uh... <laughs> what? I just thought like, my wife is so farm girl vanilla and shit that we would never mm-hmm. get into hall pass type shit, which is fine. Again, I don't even need to open Pandora's boxes and shit, mm-hmm. but uh, I just wonder what hers would be. Ah, like, interesting. Fucking, I would love to know that. We got to like, I know when I first met her, her we were young. She was like 21 in college, whatever, and was like into that Josh Hartnett dude. Fucking sucks. Yeah. I can't even know. And Colin Farrell when he was first coming mm-hmm. up. Um, a lot of like Keanu Reeves, um, Johnny Depp, you hear a lot, that kind of. I wonder how many people have some weird kink that their significant other would be amazed to find out their hall pass is like some 500 yeah. pound woman or some shit, you know, oh, shit. <laughs> some shit like some old ass lady you'd never fucking <laughs> expect, you know, who's your hall pass? Uh, fucking Ellen Burst. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, circa 1974. No, now. Right. That's- yeah, <laughs> I like them brittle. <laughs> uh, the movie—it's pretty amazing. I wish they made more movies. I wish we could start another movement of making movies like this without doing rapey shit, obviously during the production, yeah. right? But just honest movies about deviance, man. That's why I love Todd Solon shit. But it's like his shit is deviant filmmaking. I wish mm-hmm. deviant shit was commonplace in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. That's definitely more compelling, you know? Definitely. All this good um, guys got to get the thing and stop the bomb and get the object to save the right. world shit. Oh, get y'all. over it. Um, what if you made a superhero struggling with his sexuality and shit? Just get interesting with it. That's real character work. Right. None of these movies have any fucking real character work or depth mm-hmm. to them. Could be so That's much more compelling. means with the cinema shit, I think that they're yes. just not yes. digging deep, yes they're know? not exploring these right you know provocative subjects and stuff right which is fine like you said roller coasters theme yeah parks, you have you know, the, it's good there are all options are out there if you want to just go for some mindless entertainment with your family or whatever that's there too that's great but why can't it ever cross over i know exactly well it kind of does but the not like marvel shit, doesn't yes. do it but the boys and shit right like so it does get, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's still a bit more fun than 
you know, right. take it seriously or anything, but it'll probably come along. No heroes, man. Um, this movie, though, as controversial as it was and how, you know, widespread the, you know, rejection and, and um, disgust with it and everything, it, it got a lot of praise. Like Ebert called Pauline Kael's essay on it the most famous movie review ever published. Yeah, but he um, lamented the fact that what she said didn't turn out to be true. She thought it was a uh, turning point in cinema. She thought it was going to change cinema forever and oh, start this sense. new wave of movies like it. Yeah. That just don't give a fuck and push the envelope and really dig right. deep into humanity and the human psyche and emotion and psychosexual shit. And mm-hmm. it never really materialized. A um, couple of years later, Jaws and shit comes along, and you know, yeah, what becomes happened more to Hollywood, like and you know, whole tight thing. And yeah. Ebert lamented that, like he wanted it to, yeah, be more interesting, I mean, you know. Obviously, and Robert Altman said, "How dare I make another film after seeing this?" Like he just can't, you know, approach something like this. Even know? the language of it. Um, it was one of the first movies to use the word cunt, which is a word he actually uses when he berates his wife, but he says it several times in several different contexts. But uh, Carnal Knowledge, do you remember that movie? Mike Nichols with uh, Jack Nicholson, Art yeah. Garfunkel, fucking, uh, what's her name, Candace Bergen, Murphy Brown when she was a young mm-hmm. model and shit. Um, that movie was I've the first it, movie on existed. record to use the word cunt. It makes me want to make it a pick someday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to make it a, in honor of the word cunt being used in movies. <laughs> Hell yes. It's got a great cast. I watch that shit. Okay, dude. I mean, great cast, great filmmaker. Again, um, part of that that time when shit was just going down like that. Um, mm-hmm. When you talk about the movie being so derided and shit, get some of this. Let me find a couple of these little tidbits, man. Fucking nuts. And we should discuss the ending, too. Yeah, definitely. After the film's release in Europe, director Bernardo Bertolucci, producer Alberto Grimaldi, Marlon Brando, and Maria Schneider were all indicted by a court in Bologna, Italy, for making the film under the term utilitarian pornography. They were all acquitted of the charge shortly thereafter, with Bertolucci losing his civil rights, including his right to vote for five years. Yeah, I did see he lost his civil rights and the right to vote. Yeah, I saw that. I made this movie. What the the charge? The film was banned in Chile for nearly 30 years. It was also banned in its country of origin, Italy, until 1987. It's crazy. It's not that, I mean, Come on. To like the kind of hardcore porn and shit there's out there, like twisted, crazy shit. Like this, there wasn't even like real sex in it and shit. I mean, that's also debated, but they say it, it was all simulated. Um, you know, the, the film was banned in Spain, the entire country. So the town of Perpignan on the French Spanish border was besieged with visitors crossing the border to see it. Oh, shit. You know, you yeah. made a fucking a huge a movie when motherfuckers are like crossing the border to yep. see it and shit. They probably only made it more desirable to yeah, see it. Yeah, I was almost going to say it's that, good at marketing. That limitations, that obstruction shit, almost art needs these things. Art almost needs these fucking uptight assholes. Yeah, true. For it to have power. How know? can it be provocative if it doesn't provoke anyone? Right. Right. <laughs> Um, so would you go Ingmar you Bergman, you know, Ingmar Bergman, the famous Swedish filmmaker. Yeah. He said this film only made sense if it were about two homosexuals. And director Bernardo <laughs> Bertolucci responded that he accepted all criticisms of his film as valid, which I think is a dope position as a filmmaker yeah, to take. Sure. All criticisms are valid. Fuck it. Yeah. That's, that's reaction part of the to point, it. too. Yeah. Yeah. There was a point, too, where uh, Paul, was it? Brando's character asked... Uh, Jean to his gene or whatever, but in French, you know, mm-hmm. pronounced that way, um, to digitally penetrate his ass. There was a yeah, point in ordered, that, that too. Was and, orders things again, and that was before the, the butter scene. The it nails, was like, it was like escalation. Yes, clip your fucking nails. Actually, yes. it was after the butter scene. I think was it? Oh, yes. I thought it was before. I got that mixed. No, up. it was after. I just finished watching it this morning. Um, okay, yeah, I watched it like a week ago. I was just. Yeah, which That's, really made me think about the butter scene, though. Yeah. That it was like his fantasy to be fucked in the ass, so he's fucking yeah. her in the ass. But, and then later in the movie, he says something about he caught a nail in Cuba, and he had a, a prostate the size of a fucking 
grapefruit or some shit, whatever he said. And he couldn't make kids anymore or some shit. It, it was during the mm-hmm. tango scene where he's, mm-hmm. that was one of the cool things about it that mm-hmm. they have this secret life and they can't divulge names or backgrounds or anything yet. Once it moves from the flat and he finds her outside of the flat and he chases her and they go to this dance hall where this whole tango is going down and shit. And they start just telling each other everything, which is cool. Yes. But they start, you know, really laying it down. He's like, I love you. Fuck it. I want to run. Let's live together mm-hmm. and shit, you know, but by then it was too late. And for her, it was just the secret, weird, sexual rapey tryst and shit that she was into <laughs> yeah it's interesting that that scene did take place after the butter rape scene because you know that her at least her character was still on board you know obviously with you know this kind of kink and shit or whatever you know what i mean and the stuff he was saying when you know he had her mainly mm-hmm. finger him or whatever um you know like the how he's gonna make her fuck a pig i don't remember all again it's, it's a little foggier <laughs> in my mind it's, it was a, so a while ago but um yeah uh but anyway the shit with the the that you were just describing where he's you know lays it all out and really tells her who he is and and you know says he loves her and and all that which now like you said it's too late for that or maybe never was in the cards you know major spoiler alert but she shoots him when she tells him her name and it seems to me that she also just didn't want she wanted secrets she yeah, she didn't want it to like once she knew who he was and all that. Now shooting is a little drastic. Like I didn't expect that. That was like, whoa, what? I kind of um, wonder if it was coming because they set the gun up and everything gun. earlier. Yes, it's like the uh, is it a Hitchcock quote? He said, "If you put yes. a gun over the mantle, you know it has better be fired by the second act or something and like that." Of course, that's just not that exactly. he put on her dad's soldier's cap. And so there was some father yeah, shit going right. on there. They're yes, killing yes, your dad. Yes. Sort of. Yeah, I read about I read up on it later just to see what people said about it. And also, that's a good point. Him wearing a hat might have triggered her, so to speak, you know. But, well, um, and just that he followed her. She said, fucking leave me alone. Leave me yeah, alone. And you chased yeah, her down. And yeah, he was getting to, right. Yeah, he, like he's just not going to go away. Sure. Yeah. And she ends up but I felt him. like there could have been, he, you know, an opportunity to drive him away, you know, rather than just outright killing him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, of course. It but I think like, she, yeah, I think he, though, kind of... Let's talk about the whole death scene for a second. There's a few things mm-hmm. about it that are interesting and amazing, and it was a great end to the film, I thought. Yes, totally was. One thing is she starts saying, rehearsing her story, essentially, he raped me, he tried to rape me, he followed me, but I don't know his mm-hmm. name, all this, and it yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah, some yeah. weird Absolutely. creep on the street. She could pass yes. a lie detector test. Totally. It's all true. She never yeah. knew his name. Yeah. He was this mm-hmm. fucking creep who tried to mm-hmm. rape her. He did follow her, you know. Mm-hmm. but the it also seemed like would never know that she knew this dude and was fucking him for days and shit in this apartment she kept returning to yeah you know? it also seemed like a way for her to cope with having just mm-hmm. killed him to, mm-hmm. to, to minimize it all and like yeah i don't i don't even because i think she was. did love him but it's that normative life versus the secret deviant shit yeah. again that she's got this young fiance who's her age who her mom everyone knows about she's getting married to you know this right. filmmaker douchebag yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Brando was way more compelling than oh, that yeah. fucking guy. Um, another thing about the death scene is I love just his physicality, the way he stepped yes. out onto the balcony and everything. Yes, the death scene itself when he like actually and yeah, when he sticks his gun, he takes his distance. gum out and sticks it under yes, the railing of the apartment. Man, it just made me wonder: is there a piece? There's got to be one piece of gum somewhere in the world that someone stuck under something right as they were about to die. Yeah, right? no shit. Yeah, it is a. It, 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 I loved it how it's like this leaving a mark kind of mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. but it's a piece of gum which is so just you know like pedestrian and, and a little gross yeah, but at whatever, the same time, like, out of his mouth or yes very up. right you exactly know, like yeah it's She's, symbolic in many ways yeah about bertolucci you know when we there's shit in cactus jack that people will probably never key on, in on, but we see how it syncs up with the dialogue, with the image, with mm-hmm. the, you know, yep. there's this artistic a word landing on an image mm-hmm. that uh, sometimes this happenstance, but often you even start to uncover the fossil yourself and see, oh man, it's funny how I made this happen. And it has all this context to it. You know, mm-hmm. um, the gum is kind of like that. Like she is this chewed up remnant of this relationship. She remains yep. there, you know? And yeah. uh, another thing is the last it does a POV shot of him of like the rooftops of Paris, but it's just this 
antenna rooftop kind of yeah, shot. It's, it's not, not a like picturesque, yeah, you know? somewhat, but yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But it still made me think: better to die anywhere than a hospital. No shit. For That's last, a better last view yeah, than the really last thing you see to be something just of the IP world, drip bag. out in the world, <laughs> and healing. Yeah, I don't want to die mm-hmm. indoors. I don't totally. think unless it's like a cathedral or something into on your face, uh, you know, interesting uh, yeah. or something. Um, and one more thing about the gum that's interesting too, is that, you know, when, you know, she and the husband start this new life and shit there, there will always be this like probably unnoticed mm-hmm. remnant, you know, of him there, you know? Yeah. I wonder if she would find it or if she I was wondering that too, like at some point, yeah, like a year later or something, he notices this piece of gum and like, you know, not that he'd suspect anything, but I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that was her mom's apartment that she was going to be moving out uh, of to move into an apartment with the dude. Oh, oh I but, thought uh, it was going to be where they're moving in. Oh, my bad. Okay. Because the mom's from, I hate the country. Oh, yeah, shit. with that the gun with the there gun and the hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that exactly. makes sense, yeah. But, uh, man, I'm glad as fuck I watched it. I might watch it again someday. Just to... Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait till my fucking son, who's seven, is old enough to watch shit like this and have an actual conversation about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be in college. I watched this shit in high school with yeah. him. So when he does fuck. get to that age, it's going to be crazy. All the kind of shit you can watch together and discuss, like, do this again with him. You know, keep Rated Q going to the point that it's into this kind of material eventually. That'd be amazing. We got to kick it back off with a never ending story. <laughs> yes. Good one. Anyway, speaking of fantastical fucking weird stories, should we jump into Zardoz yeah, a bit? Yeah, I think I've said go back and forth I need a bit? to say about it. Yeah, sure. Um, last time in Paris, I had suggest, though, see the shit if you haven't. Appreciate it for what it is. Separate the art from the artist. Um, it's interesting. It's compelling. It's amazing. It's. I mean, there's, we could still talk about it probably for two more hours as yeah. far as mm-hmm. what his character motivations were beyond the obvious of like handling the pain of his wife's suicide and shit i mean there there had to be psycho sexual shit going on that predated him ever meeting his wife yes all the baggage yeah like i don't think because his wife died that he wanted to be fingered in his asshole and shit you know (laughs) right that open one more thing the opening shot was great too where he's just like i forget exactly what he said but motherfucking god it was the sound of the train right the over train top of right him. over <laughs> just that was the band right in smashing into he's, that he's kind of reeling from it like fuck yes <laughs> right it was a great way to just kick it off man I'm and then you, his I death like, was peaceful yeah yeah exactly i feel like everyone should have their secrets i'm all about transparency and government etc and maybe even emotional transparency mm-hmm. if we all had that and everyone's a fucking grown-up about everything it wasn't so judgmental with their expectations and shit you could actually have it mm-hmm. but yeah. since that'll never be the case we should all have this i was telling my kid the other day like everyone has a secret life that fuck you you don't get access to it's theirs you know what i mean mm-hmm. whatever their fantasies are and shit they don't owe you right. anything and you know this goes out to all the people women who catch their husband looking at porn and all that kind of shit fuck off let people have their secret little right. fucking things they do that's yeah. theirs you know yeah people need to evaluate if they're really being hurt or damaged by something you know right even like if my wife had some work husband or some shit and they have some fucking emo- like sal on stern emotional friend yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah his yes. wife had the emotional friend it's kind of like if they can have, she can have it and she gets something from it that makes the marriage better. It, exactly. It's, pressure yeah, know. it's like why you threaten pressure and shit, you know, but right. uh, the problem is everyone's always looking for greener pastures and yeah. like, she probably considered it escalate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if she is, then it's a problem, but I don't know. Exactly. Everyone just needs to shut the fuck up with their expectations and stop. That's really it. You know, just, take care of yourself don't put expectations on other people at least not Life's so short and stupid and we're so forced to do all these things we don't want to do all the time you should definitely have this just solace and this refuge in this little island mm-hmm. in your mind where you get to do whatever the fuck you want and even outside of your mind to a degree you know yeah you're fucking you know, dudes with their toy train sets or whatever you know whatever right. fucking floats their boat or even again emotional friends and shit or whatever, yeah like. yeah totally like, if I found out that shit and my wife was doing something like that, the only reason I'd be annoyed would be the hypocrisy of it. Because I know she 
go nuclear if I was. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I'd try right. and handle it like a fucking grown up. Yeah. And understand why she's doing it, what she's not getting from me that she gets from this dude or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. For us to act like we are all it's encompassing and should be somebody's everything is fucking absurd. Yeah. Well, which brings something back to this movie before we get into Zardoz. Sure. Where the guy down the hall, we didn't even touch on that. That was some interesting shit. There's this dude. So Marlon Brando lives in this hotel that his wife's family owned or whatever. I got the impression. His wife mm-hmm. was having an affair with this dude down the hall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Brando knew about it. Right. He didn't give a fuck. And maybe it's that French culture thing, but to the point where there's a scene where he goes to the dude's apartment and confronts him and talks to him, and they both have the same bathrobe on, mm. and which is awesome because she wanted him. She made the the what would you call it, a Mister a Mister Mister, the Mister. <laughs> I don't even know. Good point. Yeah, dude's fucking <laughs> way more than women, I guess. Right. It's a, more accepted, accepted, you know? yep. um, her paramour, or whatever you would call it, mm-hmm. where she insisted he get the same robe that Brando wore and he doesn't like bourbon, but she made him keep a bottle of bourbon that Brando drinks and shit. Mm -hmm. So there was something to me that spoke thematically that there's pieces of her husband. She loves, but there's things he's missing that this other guy might have, whatever. If she had her druthers, she'd be able to combine them or something. Right. And that's what she was trying to do. And that to me is just grown up and honest. Mm-hmm. To act like this other person you marry or whatever is supposed to have check every, every fucking box yes. for you and not have any negatives you don't like is just fucking childish. Anyway, Sardoz. <laughs> <laughs> you got to describe it. Yeah, I have to describe this motherfucker. <laughs> um, uh, all right. It's set a couple hundred years in the future after society's collapsed. Uh, the these this group of like exi- or uh, elites have like self um isolated themselves as uh and gained immortality call themselves the emer- eternals uh and they they through the use of this like godlike figure zardas they brainwash these so-called exterminators to kill what they call the brutals outside this uh, little utopia they carved out for themselves. And one of those exterminators, Zed, played by Sean Connery, wakes up, sort of gets red-pilled, and um, the Eternals take him in and study him, I guess, to figure out why he's different from the rest of the exterminators. And it becomes apparent later that he's being manipulated by the guy behind Zardoz to kill all of the Eternals because they've all just gotten kind of listless and bored with decadent immortality. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and most of them want to die. They kind of have a death wish now and they can't. Well, and part and, of the way that he even came to them not to break in was that he nah, they thought just- he killed that guy. That's like the opening yes. of the movie. He kills the great and powerful Oz, essentially. Arthur or something. Yeah. What the fuck this guy, that? holy fuck. <laughs> terrible. Awful. Awful. <laughs> it, it's so hard to describe. And watching it continuously, I was just like, what in the fuck? Why? I know. I asked why so many times while watching it. You I mean why the film itself or why like specific moments? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I get what John Borman was trying to do. Yep. John Borman, who, by the way, made shit like Excalibur and Deliverance and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, so he's, this was his first film, I think. Started off weird out the gate. This was his first? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Because oh, um, sure. I did read that he was working on a Lord of the Rings adaptation, and they canceled it because of the budget concerns. So he made this instead because he had become enamored with like the world building, like fantasy kind of aspect of Lord of the Rings. Um, but it's that crazy up. that if that was his first, no, I don't know. But I'm not I, sure either. It was but, definitely predated those other more famous ones. Interesting. Um, and he himself said, "Oh no, Deliverance was 72." All right, never mind. I stand corrected. So he made Deliverance, which is hilarious too. You made then, Deliverance, and then yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> what but he himself called the film laughable 
So yeah, I guess he realized it is just fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's kind of a I can't mess, believe you don't think it's bonkers. You know, yeah, totally. I'm glad it's out there for sure. Yeah, I'm glad I saw it. It was another yes, shameless. It's awesome in a way. From, you know, I actually owned the Twilight Time DVD, which I bought and was like thirty bucks. Now I see it on eBay for like two hundred dollars, um, or the Blu-ray. Yeah, so I'm glad I have it. I'm glad it's part of the collection so q can watch it someday in case it gets scrubbed from the internet for some weird reason or some shit like a lot of these streamers do we're gonna do a basketball diaries episode coming up soon fucking nowhere you have That's to crazy. have a physical copy of basketball diaries which made no sense to me until i rewatched it again we'll get into that on that episode <laughs> now i see why it's been scrubbed but it's something i take exception to but uh man yeah. it's fucking it's so janky. The acting, the fucking costumes, everything's just totally. <laughs> but if you remade it, it wouldn't work because it's so stupid right. and it relies on the jankiness. That's part of its charm, you know. If you right. remade it with the same script but with impeccable production value and acting, it'd just oh, be God. Like, what was, in the Christ? It would truly this? be why, right? Yeah, it'd be a waste of fucking everything, but david vanilla view or whatever <laughs> yeah, he's doing dune and shit like imagine i have a hard time this. i mean well yeah i'll say it again then why i chose it was the gap of it all um i have a buddy dave beckerman <laughs> what's up dude if you ever catch wind of this maybe you'll watch this episode because it has zardoz in it unfortunately i don't know how much i have to say about the movie kind of want to talk to him about it one day see why like his instagram name is like zardoz ramon or some shit Oh shit! Like fucking into Zardoz, and I wonder <laughs> if it's Zardoz itself is awesome. Yeah, the fucking giant floating head, and you know the the masks too. Oh yeah, some of the imagery and everything. It that is was an cool. acid trip of a movie. Yes, so, that opening scene was requested by the studio and put in later to help like set it up better, and it's my favorite moment in it probably. Where it just vomits, floating head and, and the guys everything. with the guns on the horses and the guns coming out of his mouth and all that shit. It is amazing. It started pretty promising. Actually. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm in. Let's strap in and see where this goes. And oh my god, but well, the Arthur, whatever, the yeah, fucking guy the behind actor. the, you know, the um, what the fuck are they call it? the man behind the curtain, you know, the mm -hmm. Oz, the, the great powerful wizard type thing. Well, Zardoz itself, spoiler it's, alert, fucking yes. is wizard of oz if you cover Zard up the wi yep. and of it's zardoz which yeah which i had like very early like man this is i'm getting some oz vibes with this and it's right in the name oz so i kind of like latched onto that but then when they actually brought it right to the surface it was actually literally the arthur dude you know presented it through some you know uh, trickery or whatever um the wizard of oz book presented it to the zed character and then it was like oh zard oz wizard of oz i mean they just straight up you know did it like i thought it, it was going to be more like flashback yeah 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 this is something a lot of amateur scripts we've seen do and we used to do ourselves there's this impulse as a storyteller yeah. to hold to back, hold back. Yeah. what motivates people and, and make it some big reveal but i've come to the conclusion it's horseshit it's mm -hmm. so much better in almost all cases, yeah. I'm not going to say always, but in almost all cases, to just put the cards on the table, let us know what's motivating the character, take that ride with them. Well, um, the thing reveals with this, work though, great when it's like Sixth Sense or something, and yeah, he well, didn't I think, realize I think it. He when he knows know, though, what's going on. Did he? I, th I, think, I feel like they might have had to pull it out of him. Like, Maybe. His, I feel like he might have not. Uh, I'm, not really, I'm not positive on that, honestly. Yeah, but it feels yeah. like even that was constructed to do yeah, that yeah, to yeah. the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have. There's no reason to make him have had amnesia and shit or whatever, except yeah. to hold it back, really. You know? Right. And it just, um, but you were you were describing why you picked it, and I derailed you. Uh, well, talking about it back it's kind of just again the shameless thing of it all, and it just looks so wacky. I'd always seen Sean Connery running around in this fucking mm -hmm. Flash Gordon looking red yeah. loincloth singlet with a pistol on a horse and shit. <laughs> like, this followed what? the Bond, you know, uh, Connery playing James Bond, and he actually had trouble finding work. I read, which is he got well, the last James Bond, Bond movie he was and, in was shitty too and pained mm, by everybody but this certainly took care of the typecasting problem this sure as hell wasn't james bond man. <laughs> but um he when he uh took the role and like people went to the theater knowing him as bond they must have been floored seeing him and running around in this red loincloth and being sort of this barbarian like figure and shit. Like you know, james bond being almost the opposite of that well, that one's surprising but yeah right just the manner in which he <laughs> does it 
Um, Henry's interesting to me. There's something about time stamping where even as a kid, everyone was like, he was the coolest Bond. And I'd watch it. I'm like, eh, I don't know. He More. seems cool. Well, and how he was like Mr. Universe or Mr. Olympia. It just shows how times changed mm. from it would used to be a guy like him to become yeah, Arnold and fucking steroids and shit. <laughs> right. You know? Uh huh. And uh, I just remember I was thinking, like, all right, he seems cold, but I don't know if, like, like the character of James Bond seems cooler almost like it was waiting for someone more suave mm. or i don't know to come on and maybe this is sacrilegious to a lot of people i'm sure mm-hmm. to say that what i'm getting at is i feel like he's one of those dudes who aged like a fine wine and sean connery got cooler as he got older to mm-hmm. me old sean connery's the shit the you know totally. the rock even dumb shit like the rock or something yes. or entrapment just dumb hollywood shit there's yep. something about this virile old dude versus a virile mm-hmm. young guy you know and the character Zed sucks. There's just nothing going yeah. on. The whole movie, totally. like, I mean, these are kind of total contrasts in terms of character work. Mm-hmm. It's like all plot and theme and totally. shit. Totally. Yes. Whereas Tango is like all character and theme through character, you know? And yeah, I this was all, all, all day, dude. This was all about the world building and plot and shit, like you said, and themes. Like you get this uh, idea that it's like commenting on religion and society a lot. Like you know, even what I started this off with: the gun is good, the penis is evil. You know, the the dudes killing and dying for a right. promise after life. You know, violence is entertainment. That kind of shit. Um, so it was commenting on all those things. But again, in the end, if the characters aren't, you know firing on all cylinders you know um like the love interest stuff in this it was just like what was her name constance whatever uh charlotte rampling. Actresses, uh rampling yeah yeah she's, she's awesome, awesome. Um, we just saw her recently in the um sequel to happiness uh what was it the um love in wartime oh or, yeah yeah she yeah, also she aged like a bitch. fine wine charlotte yes. rampling's a bad bitch dude she's awesome <laughs> fucking eyes man yeah just so lean yeah, and striking just, yeah exactly yeah kind of yeah she has this presence leaf, yeah. you know but the fact like that it just like suddenly she at the end became like this love interest character that it didn't build to at all no. or anything you know and totally unwarranted and like you said if we had followed zed through if if he was aware of you know his ultimate goal and everything would be so much better to be on board with that and to like you know be championing that as the audience and stuff but yeah it was well, just how aimless. he became an exterminator should the choice he had to yeah. make to either be predator or prey on his planet there's so much more interesting character shit it doesn't fuck with mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's trying to just do all this thematic um commentary yes, stuff which exactly is deceptive coming from us if you've seen our movie cactus jack you might think it's all commentary but really to us it was a character story all along you know, Cactus mm-hmm. Jack to me is a character piece, not at all commentary. You know, there's some of that in it, but it's through the character yep. to me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you, some people might say it's one note and one dimensional, but I disagree. And I think they're watching it wrong and they're taking it as a political allegory or something. But mm-hmm. I'm character all day, man. It's really. Yeah. Underneath the surface there's a lot going on with this character. I mean, when you see the glimpses of right. Cactus Jack, I mean, yeah. and even when it's redundant, uh, uh, what it's like by it design, is. it's like what happens when someone's brain gets hijacked and they become one note mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's an addiction. Essentially. It's like, would you say this drug movies just redundant? Cause he just keeps doing drugs in it. It's like, no, that's what it's about. It's addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, he's addicted to hate and the dopamine rush he gets from it and shit, you know? Anyway, I love how we turn it always back to our <laughs> but right. I just don't know how much um, I have to say about Zardoz. Like, it's, yeah, uh, I'll say a couple of things that I I dug about it, but they're very specific things that um, mm-hmm. you know have nothing to do with the movie as a whole, but just these like little spots that were cool, like um, the idea that as immortals, if they committed crimes, their sentence was they were aged so many years. Mm-hmm. So that cool. the, the they were the senile renegades, you know, so like all the people who were the worst criminals were the old people because they'd been aged up as, you know, penalty for their crimes. But I thought it was also a missed opportunity because that could have been great. Like this Agreed. group of just like wicked fucking old people, because, you know, the older they are, the worse they are. You know what I mean? And they're former, many of them, former Eternals who. Yes. Well, they, yeah, they rejected still were. that yes. utopian 
placid, just boring yeah. fucking. They're still immortal, but yeah, they right. maybe not considered part of that group, the Eternals. Yeah, exactly. But but, um, but they age, so their vanity is compromised. You know, yes, what I mean, they look exactly. like shit. The thing, all, right, they feel like shit. Yes, but they're willing yes. to trade that. But they were hellraisers, but they yes. also like in, become less capable of being hellraisers because they're you know bodies and shit. Right. And that it was a good trade off for them, though. Yes, they yeah. rejected. It's, it's a that in and of itself is super interesting. You know, right? Um, like that may have been a more compelling character just following someone in that. You know, well, it reminded me too of where people will say. Like who wants to go to heaven? Hell sounds way more interesting. All the inter- yes. cool people will be down there. It's sort of like that. All the very much like that. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Borman had that in his mind as he was making mm-hmm. it, you know, conceiving of it. Um, the touch teaching, which is a hilarious phrase, scene. <laughs> um, the visuals in that were cool. Like when you consider the, um, you know, there was no CGI and shit at the time, so they had like it was almost like a avant-garde theatrical kind of thing You're where, they, where would, they projected the yeah they would project face. like musical amazing. notation on them while they're teaching song or whatever or it'd be like you know just yeah just just i'd use that image. shit today in a sci-fi yes. movie yeah That's that was really cool effect, dude <clears throat> we should try and make some um, sci-fi movie with all practical effects dude yes that would be cool some plan nine shit <laughs> let's do a remake uh, of plan nine that's public domain yes. right let's remake I it believe so <laughs> but no cgi uh, fuck cgi if they remade zardoz it'd have cgi and it would suck yes right the imagery was cool that zardoz effigy that head yes that was like terrifying yeah how the executioners ride around on horses yes. wearing helmets of that where the faces on both so the front and the back mm-hmm. like it's that always cool watching you yeah. can't sneak up on them it's omnipresent yeah it's cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but man like so the Arthur whatever dude and then all the like at the end when they were all getting killed off you know all the Eternals <laughs> yeah. oh my god like just the, it was so hammy mm. the, the... Well, let me say something about the acting in, in defense of the actors have you heard of the traveling people mm. in Ireland and shit the travelers um, Tyson Fury heavyweight champ of the world amazing fucking figure you should look into him he's just interesting he like ballooned up to 400 pounds and he was like, he's named after Mike Tyson. So his dad raised him to be a fucking mm. fighter from a kid. He grew to be a six foot nine. So he's a six foot nine lanky, weird UK boxer who won everything, had never lost a fight and just said, fuck everything and ballooned up to 400 pounds and was snorting lines off stripper asses and shit. And, he just went ham for like three years and then said, fuck it. I'm going to go get my belts back. And then lost 200 pounds or whatever. Got all in shape, whatever. He's back to being like the best. But I think he's from the traveling people. They're the gypsies of the UK. And Borman cast most of these people from the traveling people. Oh, interesting. So most of these actors are fucking gypsies, non-actors. Mm-hmm. Which explains why they sucked, but right, <laughs> they suck. Well, a lot of it was the directing too. I think you know what I mean. He probably steered it in this direction that you mm-hmm. know was just way over the top. He had vision for days, and I feel like back Definitely. in the day, there was that period in the seventies where vision was enough. You yeah, know what I mean? If yeah, you had yeah, enough yeah. vision, you could be a visionary well, filmmaker. And that, but that's not a that's not that's not a knock against him either, because like Deliverance is great, and like you know right. doesn't do anything like that, you know. But um. It's just that I think his vision, like his vision of uh, a lot of people's vision of something that's fantastical is often a little like yes. off the rails to me. You know yes. what I mean? Like the sensibilities totally. and stuff. They just don't know what to Fantasy, do. Fantasy and even sci-fi, but fantastical sci-fi, it's a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to hit that easily fork just right. You know, gotten wrong. Exactly. Yep. Especially for cats like us. Mm-hmm. Cause we grew up, into that kind of comic book sci-fi uh you know shit one of the first movies i ever saw in a theater mom took me to see flash gordon you know mm-hmm. which yeah this another... made me think of that a bit yeah, yeah this is like the grown-up game. version of it with sex and fucking mm-hmm. drugs and shit which is cool but again it just needed it felt like rudderless like yes like a ship in a storm versus a ship that this guy was charting by constellations you know mm-hmm it did kind of hold my interest the whole way through, though. It didn't. 
you know. Again, some of this is to its credit. Yeah. Like we've said before, I'll take a janky ass auteur flick mm-hmm. over some fucking polished piece, you know, studio for hire type fucking movie. Like everything seems to be nowadays. All oh, the studio shit's just trash. <laughs> Indie or die these days, basically, man. And not trash. Again, theme parks, but yeah, I'd rather, I guess, roles. go to a fucking yeah. titty bar or a shooting gallery than a fucking theme park <laughs> these days. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or a museum. Okay.